Sea bulls and sea cows. Send your regards to the other members of Otaride. Proudly display your external ears and eat 8% of your body weight in a single feeding. Because it's time to moo tall to me. I'm pretty sure that's not what manatees sound like. They're not manatees. I'm going out on a limb. Sea lions. Oh, you said sea cows. That's just the female. It's just the female. <laughs> Welcome back to Talk Tall to Me. I'm Omen Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together, we are Feckless Moms. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A deep dive into the icy waters of Prague Rock to collect delicious fishes, which we will chomp down into our gullets. Every school and album, every fish a song, we will swim sleekly in these wonderful rock and roll waters while we try to avoid the huge tentacles of Ian Anderson. We will brave the choppy waters that is the discography of Jethro Tull for you. We may end up performing in the circus that is A. (laughs) You're really stretching it now. We may be harpooned by a cease and desist letter. But we will not keep, we will not stop swimming until we have had our fill. I, I, th- I think this analogy ends here. <laughs> <laughs> this week, Omen, we have a little bit of a snippet from Ian Anderson himself pertaining to the song we are about this, to discuss. Is and that correct? Th- that is correct. And Nick, which song, pray tell, is that that we are discussing? Mm. Well, based on our our flippered mammal intro, we are on Sea Lion. Sea Lion. Say it one more time. I can't because then a sea lion will appear. Oh! <laughs> uh, hold on one second. I'm just trying to get uh, my book in a place where I can actually see it. That's a bit difficult. All right. Here's what Ian Anderson has to say about the song Sea Lion. Slightly ecological in content probably influenced by being brought up in Blackpool, where the sea was dirty because of the dumping of the town's sewage a very short distance off the shore. As an adolescent, I used to go there when there was a storm and watch the waves and great clouds of spray. We used to dodge them. Little did we know then that what we were dodging was every kind of variation of E. coli bacteria known to man. As the tide came in, you could see sewage floating in the water, and children, little kids, would be playing in that water. First of all, that accent, don't know what that was. That was, <laughs> that, that was not your Ian accent. A bit d- digressive. Was it, was it too English? I think so, yeah. No, no. It was. It was, it was like Bond villain English. Thank you for... Yeah. That's how Ian is becoming in my mind. He's sort of becoming a... a He's... He, yeah. He's devolving. He's become a caricature. 
Before I kill you, Mr. Bond, I will play my flute for you. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to listen to Aquilon. Tell me, how does this synthesizer too much? <laughs> this also is is an, as a nice rare glimpse into the early life of Ian Anderson. It certainly is. That's a nice little nice little image there, and clearly has some clearly had some effect on him to then inspire a lot of his his environmental and ecological feelings later on in life. Yes, yeah, so well, I, I imagine. I think swimming in an ocean full of raw sewage has an effect on a person, whether they know it or not. Yes, yeah, I would say so. And, and yes, certainly I think that, you know, I've said a couple of times how I feel like this album is is sort of leading toward the the the, the folk rock kind of natural world albums like songs from the wood mm-hmm. and heavy horses and mm-hmm. yeah it's it's easy to see how ian's influence sorry it's easy to see it's easy to see how ian's why can't my brain do the thing how ian was influenced it's easy to see ian's connection to the natural world starting to come out more and more yeah yeah, well, uh, again, let's re- let's remember that these are bits and pieces of passion play, or the Chateau disaster, rather, that that didn't get included. So we're, we're seeing the animal theme, we're seeing the environmental theme, That's and the right. societal theme. Yeah. Well, with that being said, Nick, shall we have a listen to Sea Lion? I think we should dive right in with our slippery skins and... Give it a listen. All right. Here it is. So, Nick. Omen. There we have it. Sea Lion is a rocking tune right from the start. Like there is, doesn't even, doesn't give you a warm up, doesn't give you anything. No, no, straight in. There's no denying, Nick, that this is rock and roll. It is, it is in fact. If, if you had to define rock and roll, this would be it. Let me try something. I'm just going to say something and you give me your honest reaction. Nick. Yes. This isn't rock and roll. That is malarkey, and you are kicked off of the podcast. <laughs> I, it is rock and roll. I'm, oh, I'm back in. Wow. Did you feel did, I, did you feel? Feelings? I couldn't even control that. Yeah, I know. That just came out. I know. I, I'm so sorry if I said it's, anything to hurt you. I, I, I provoked you to it. I understand. <laughs> you know what's funny about this song, Nick? When I got to the end of it, I was like, wow, I wonder how long it, it, it is. It's like just over three minutes. It's like three minutes, 20, 25 maybe. That's it? It seems so much longer. It does. It really does. And to me, I think it's because it's so dense. And and specifically, the lyrics are, like, really packed in there. The writing is so wordy, and there's so many images so close to each other that it's... I, I found it difficult to concentrate on... You know, with some songs, I can sort of, like, listen to the lyrics and the music at the same time. And, and with mm. this one, I... I Almost, I almost wanted to listen to it twice, just like once for the lyrics and once for the music. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad idea. You ended up listening to it for the lyrics, I imagine, because you were reading along as as he was singing. 
I I did, although yeah. I, I managed to I managed to have half an ear out for the music as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's there's just so much going on and it's so fast paced. You you never quite catch your feet to 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 experience the whole thing. You you are rushed yeah. along on this river. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I think that that is that feeling is thematic. Mm, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it the 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 two line chorus uses the 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 word balance and i think that that really absolutely that is exactly what we're looking at here absolutely in the midst of all of this intense chaos here you are just just balancing your ball trying to trying anyway. to balance your ball yeah let's let's start off with the music because i think that i think that there are some noteworthy things to to observe there mm-hmm. first of all what a treat to hear ian counting in the the song one two one two three two two three yeah i don't think we don't ever hear that again and it's so it's almost like this song is so chaotic and so bananas we had to include it Mm -hmm. to to prepare you because we don't have any other way there's no there's no intro there's nothing it's it's just a punch in the face this is to to make it so our listeners do not go insane at the start of this song it could be yeah it, it also is just you know this album has a number of of kind of pre-music voice moments like would you mm-hmm. like another cup of tea dear would you like another cup of tea dear yeah etc and i kind of feel like that's just in the style of the album I do think that there are one or two other songs in the entire canon that we do hear him count in. Do we? Yeah, I, they're not coming to mind exactly what they are, but I, I feel like there's an acoustic song at least where he counts in hmm. quietly. Okay. But for me, what a treat to just be given the time signature because a lot of these songs, I'm just like, I, I, I do not, I do not know my. That's true. Yeah. My long ago days playing in. Wind Ensemble did not prepare me for this. But never never should have stopped. I you ne- should still be in high school band is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, yes, they're, that's they, true. They kicked me out five years after I graduated. I, I couldn't stay any longer. Yeah. So, but the, the cool thing is that we're, we're given this, this three, four time signature. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, two, two, three. And then... Trying to keep that, you know, I tried just for fun to count that as the song was going. And mm. wow, there are so many moments when one instrument or another is playing against that time signature. Sure. It's just crazy. It's just craziness. It really speaks to the the sheer skill and experience of these musicians. And that is that is a key component to what makes prog rock prog rock. Yeah, it is. It is. So this is this is a this is a great chaotic cacophonous example of progressive rock. Nick, I had a realization about Jethro Tull. Let's step back from the song for one second. Just just now? No, last night. Oh, okay. And that is that you know, some music is is entertainment. Mm-hmm. And and is sort of like cheaply produced to just sort of like, yeah, we can jam out to this for the summer and then it's gone. Sure. But 
one hit one hit wonders something to make money etc yeah the song of the summer the mm-hmm. the 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 flute of the fall yep the whisper of the winter there are some music producers who really are constructing something for the ages and and for me that's what this is this i and i realize the reason that i love Jethro Tull so much is because it truly is art hmm it's it's like it's like the producer who Taylor Swift went to after she had a couple of country albums she went to this like massive massively successful producer and that's when she became just like garbage pop and the same thing with Panic at the Disco he 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 put out some great like concepty dare I say progressive albums and then he went to the same producer and then he be, he became pop I I don't know whether to respond to what you just said or to or to just remain in shock that you know who Taylor Swift is <laughs> I I know she did some country stuff before she turned into what she is I I'm going to ignore both of those things but the, <laughs> I think the thing that got it for me was hearing an interview with Jackie Chan actually and Please, I am so thrilled and pumped to see where the heck this is going. <laughs> so if you watch Jackie Chan's – and I apologize to everyone for this this extreme detour. We will get back to Sea Lion. But if you watch the Jackie Chan movies that are produced in China, I think in Hong mm-hmm. Kong, they are – the editing really serves the style of his fighting. They give him enough time to really perfect all of these moves so that you can have the entire fight in one sh- in one shot you don't oh, have you don't yeah. have to cut between the between the action and part of that is because they're patient and they have a huge schedule and they're like we don't care how long it takes we're creating a masterpiece yeah if you look at the his movies that are produced in America they have much shorter shoot schedules and they're just like well let's just get it done and they cut between the shots and they don't get it perfect and they're like well it's good enough for this and then they put it out and it's not as good a film yeah. And for Jackie Chan, he's like, no, film lasts forever. So it should <laughs> it should be good. And that's how I yeah. feel that's how I feel like Ian Anderson is approaching this stuff is like they're like, you know, some musicians are like, yeah, we can just play it and it'll sound fine or whatever. And Ian Anderson is like, no, we're going to play it until we break our collarbone. Ian Anderson has broken every bone in the flute. <laughs> The flute bone is the one that hurts the most. It hurts so bad, Nick. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, shall we talk about Sea Lion? Yeah, I think that's that's not a bad idea, considering. <laughs> okay. So we have, out of the gate, amazing, very aggressive drumming. Mm-hmm. We have the flute and the guitar in parallel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some amazing Martin here, as as to be expected. Yes. And it's interesting to hear, you know, we don't on every song hear the flute and the guitar in in unison like that, and it's it's a it's mm. a great sound, especially for this song. Yep, some some really really high pitched, almost horror film strings in here. Oh wow! Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They they kind of they do a lot of of the kind of playing in concert and mirroring what the guitar is doing, but they just they add on to it. They they really 
they really enhance the impact of those 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 high pitched squeeze. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stacking going on in Mm -hmm. this song, which I think increases the feeling of like. It's funny because even though it's actually a simpler construction musically than some of the other songs, it mm-hmm. results in this feeling of anxiety and 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 chaos yeah. around you. There's so much texture to it. Yeah. And and I could I don't know. I I mean, it, take take out the singing and I could see this as like a song in in a horror film almost. Well, and as we've talked about before, wasn't there initially the idea that this was going to be a film? A movie? Yes, this this was yeah, I think this came out of Chateau Disaster and was bypassed for for Passion Play and and got put in here and this this would have been a part of the movie itself. Yeah. What a strange road to arrive at this album. Yeah, right. It's what a what a path to get there. And just imagine if if one if if one thing had worked out and 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 they hadn't had to diverge from their planned path, we 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 wouldn't have War Child. We might not even have Passion Play for Christ's sake. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it. But but I can I can see this because the film was about a girl who dies in a car accident and goes to hell and meets all these shrewd businessmen who are God and and the devil and things like that. Mm. This could be a scary moment where the devil is like singing to her and trying to convince her to do something. Yeah, it could well be. Yeah. Or God, for that matter. Who knows? Yeah. I also want to spotlight here for a second Jeffrey Hammond Hammond. Often we Mm. have the bass kind of receded into the background, and it's really forward here. It's really really driving the experience and adding to the anxiety of it. Sometimes we have that, that repeated note on the bass, and it, for me, it, it increases this sense of danger and this sense of kind of not like not panic, but like rising anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's more we where our ears pick up more on the high pitch. So we kind of just we feel we experience yeah, the bass. That's right. Yeah. All in all, even though the, this song has some notable complexities, it's actually in its construction a lot simpler than a lot of the stuff that we've seen. There's a lot less counterpoint. The melody mm-hmm. of the of the verses is pretty straightforward. Yeah. There's there's just there's no time for any of that. So yeah. instead they they layer and they add texture and and throw it all at once as opposed to spacing it out at a at a slower pace. Exactly. It's basically it's a condensed. It's they 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 boiled it down and this is what we got. It's a five and a half minute song living in a in, in a three minute <laughs> three song's minutes. body. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's my favorite nineties nineties film. <laughs> the and in the I don't know if we hear it anywhere else. I only picked up on it in in the bridge basically in between the second and third verses, but we get some fun squeeze box in there. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. Squeeze, Again, it's, it's just tossed in there. It's, 
it, it it's not like it's a solo or anything so it's it's it can very easily get lost but it, it just adds a little more complexity to that and you know visually if you will i think it adds to the carnivalesque theme oh yeah especially on the especially on the the little chorus mm-hmm. it helps to create that kind of circus or more carnival atmosphere mm-hmm. yeah and then it and then it fades out quick and and we're we're given that little the final little jingling of the teacup and the wife saying would you like another cup of tea dear and right. remember this is the last one on this side of the album oh so brilliant. that's when i when i would listen to this on cassette i knew it was the end because the song would fade out we would hear her say that and then i'd have to go change it do you think that that, that voice is was actually ian anderson's wife <laughs> i think it was actually ian anderson i don't i don't know that's a good question that is do you it's probably not attributed mm. i hope it is but it, it might not be yeah while while you're looking up that i just want to marvel at how how delightful it is that this side a is mm-hmm. like every truly british experience bookended with cups of tea mm-hmm. yeah yeah, regardless of everything that's going on from from those first like blitzkrieg sounds to the ending of the manic the manic sound that is sea lion, it's they're still they're still keeping calm and drinking tea. <laughs> they are. And that's you know, I I know it's a stereotype, but it's really true. The British often and I think that we should say, you know, traditionally or at least in the Let's talk about the 20th century rather than the rather than the 21st, because I know that cultural norms are are changing quite a lot. In fact, I've heard that Br- the British are drinking less and less tea these days. <gasps> Heavens to Betsy. That's why the world is falling apart, Nick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but you know, it, it, there really is this cultural, this British sense of of you know, damn whatever is going on, damn the climate. I will dress up in a three piece suit and I will have a hot cup of tea. I don't care that I am in India. I don't care that I'm in the middle of a battle. It's time it's time for this. Are you still Yes. There? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was more. I thought there would be more to that. Nope. No, yeah, absolutely. It's it it they, they wouldn't have survived if that way of life hadn't survived. I I I think so. I think it's fundamental to the success of of Britain as this very unlikely, strange little country. Yeah. Have you found anything yeah. on The Voice? Not not a lick. I found a really good solid write-up on the actual outline of the movie from the Jethro Tull website from March 18th, 2006. I think that will be a delightful thing to explore on a future episode. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's quite the read, so I'm, I don't want to jump into it just yet. So speaking of jumping in, Nick, yeah, shall we jump into these lyrics? Yeah, I think so. There's there's a lot to cover here. There's a lot to 
to consider in in so little time. So yeah, let's let's get into it. So Nick, generally, what is this song about? I mean, I I think it's really just a lot of imagery to tell us that the world is pure chaos and it is it is a delicate balance to stay the way we are and and we are we are riding this this burning this burning ship down to hell together we're in it together i guess that's that's what i got yeah i mean the central image is is clear the sea lion Balancing a ball on its nose in mm-hmm. a carnival. Yeah. I mean, if we just yep. sort of take the, that, it's like, wow. Wow, what a metaphor. <laughs> Tell me and about the, the mother of this metaphor. And uh, how do you feel about the sea lion? <laughs> so the the first two verses are, you balance your world on the tip of your nose. So it's second person singular. And you balance your world on the tip of your nose like a sea lion with a ball. And then the the last one, look how we balance the world on the tips of our noses, like sea lions with a ball. Look how we balance the world on the tips of our noses, like sea lions with a ball. So the narrator is then pulling the the person in and and involving themselves, saying, "It's not just you." We're all like this. It's the Cheshire Cat, in a way. We're all mad here. I'm mad. You're mad. Yeah. You know, the lyrics of this song, Nick, literally give me chills. <laughs> literally. Literally, I am experiencing the chills right now, reading the lyrics. That, that, may be, that may be a fever. You might, you might <laughs> need medical I'm attention. I'm very ill. <laughs> so... So so now what does this let's you know take the central metaphor and maybe look at some of the possible different meanings. Mm-hmm. One thing that you know yes we could all say that us as human beings just trying to live our our little lives our simple little lives and doing our daily tasks is reminiscent of the sea lion just trying to balance a ball on its nose while there's things on fire and the, the trainer is shooting his gun and there's just madness all around. But then yeah. I think a bit more specifically, in the second stanza and third stanza, I think that we get some clues as to a slightly more specific meaning. Okay. But you know, after all, the act is wearing thin, and the crowd grows uneasy, and the booze begin. But you know, after all, the act is wearing thin, as the crowd grow uneasy, and the booze begin. I think that Ian is... Drawing a parallel between the madness of being a sea lion balancing a ball and the madness of being a rock and roll band, sure, balancing a career, mm-hmm. because that that is one of those those kind of tertiary themes in some of these songs is is about the the, the critics. Well, and yeah, and and the experience of being a rock star has always been a theme of rock and roll. Sure. Right. I'm a cowboy on a I knew seal on a on a seal horse a sea I ride. Lion. On a sea lion I ride. I've seen a thousand faces and I've rocked them all. And that's Bon Jovi. I knew. I knew you were going to do that. I knew it. 
But, you know, then in the third verse, we get, it gets a, even a bit more specific. Just a trace of pride upon our fixed grins, for there is no business like the show we're in. There is no reason, no rhyme, no right to leave the circus till we've said goodnight. The same performance in the same old way. It's the same old story to this passion play. Just a trace of pride upon our fixed grins, for there is no business like the show we're in. There is no My favorite thing. Yep. Reincorporation. Yeah. Plugging. Yeah. Cross marketing. Yep. Yeah. He's 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 working the brand. He's, he's <laughs> he truly is working the brand. Yeah. This is this is not the first, and it will certainly not be the last that we we hear of of references to to previous songs. Right. And it's it's just a little. It's, it's a little nod saying like, I, just because we're on a new album, I'm I'm not done with this idea here. Right. I'm not. It it, it is more than just something that can be summed up on a four, 45 minute piece of vinyl. Like this yeah. is this is an overall a more encompassing thing. So I got to keep talking about it. Yeah. And you know this does correspond to a period in Tull's history when their popularity was starting to wane a little bit. Even, mm-hmm. you know, even though. At this time, sort of between Passion Play and and uh, War Child, they were playing, especially in the States, their popularity was really cresting, I think. Apparently, mm-hmm. there were signs in Vegas when they played there saying, Jethro Tull, the world's greatest rock band. Really? Yeah. Um, wow. I want, it, I want that on a T-shirt. I, I want that image on a T-shirt. That I, would be really cool. Yeah. I want the property in Vegas where the sign was. That is true dedication. And then you would just put that sign back up put, and leave yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. All right. So we'll start a GoFundMe okay. <laughs> if you guys want to donate to that cause. <laughs> but I think that, you know, I I wonder if there was the sense that perhaps their popularity was, was you know, had reached its peak and was starting to slide. So, so they're... So they're acknowledging the, I don't know, like futility of it. So they're acknowledging that it's, it is, it will never be a, a permanent and, and fixed state. Like there will be fluctuations and that's just the way it is. Right. And sometimes, you know, the audience doesn't like your act. They don't like that you're Mm -hmm. just balancing a ball. Right. They're demanding. When, when really... In actuality, sometimes that's all you can do. You're like kind totally. of like passion play, you know, like they had to push out passion play in, in what, two weeks. Yeah. So that's they, they were lucky enough to be able to balance that ball. Oh, absolutely. But that doesn't mean that they weren't sweating bullets on the inside. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, like you're a sea lion. So all you can do is balance your ball. You yeah. were, it's the it's the one trick pony. You're a rock and roll band. And all you can do is play your flute. To rock and roll songs that you wrote, <laughs> whether that's what the world wants or not. Yeah, and and I I think, despite what Rolling Stone may have thought and and critics may have thought, between 
between thick as a brick all the way up to just arbitrarily we'll pick crest of a nave, you know, like regardless of, of, of what people thought, Tull was still evolving. Tull was still putting out crazy good music with different sounds and with different ideas and stories to tell. Absolutely. And they, they, they really lasted for a reason. Yeah. And that is, that is my thesis. Which I think gets back to our Jackie Chan conversation, which is that like, Rather than riding the waves of popularity, they made a decision, and I you know, really truly think this comes from Anderson, to create something great with the knowledge mm-hmm. that, that not everyone would like it. Tune in next week to Jabber Jackie Chan to me, and <laughs> we will discuss his, his run in America. Yeah, yeah. He's can, a- can, you, can you explain... Why I love what Jackie go- Chan so much? Yes, I can. Why you love? Ja- I I am a I am a fan of Jackie Chan too. I, I like him a lot. Is. Can you explain what a golden handshake is? It is yeah. as long as yeah. I've been listening to this song. It is something that I've never understood. I don't know if it's a phrase that is in usage beyond this singular moment in the history of English, but I think that the meaning of it is is pretty clear. So you're talking about the first stanza. There's a golden handshake hanging around your neck. Oh, I just I just looked it up. I got it. <laughs> but go on. Why don't Why don't I tell you what I think, and then you can tell me if I'm wrong or not? Yes, it's like I'd love to. I'd like, love to do that. It's like the game Balderdash, but with Jethro Tull phrases. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, we could we could write a whole book about about his phrases. I think that'd be a, a good a good publication that would sell three copies. <laughs> Well, my mom would buy two, so yes, I think so. Oh, nice. So so, so two copies. <laughs> <laughs> so I think a golden handshake is, you know, a, the deal that makes you, like, you know, your big break when somebody says, look, uh-huh. here's your contract. You're going to make a ton of money. You've made it. You've, you've now become elevated to, this, to this, this higher level. But contrasted with hanging around your neck, I think, is the other side of that, which is that it's a contract and you have to fulfill it no right. matter how miserable it makes you. Yeah. What have you got from the well, quote unquote I, internet? It is off of Investopedia. So I it, t- it's a, <laughs> there's a, there's a PDF for everything. Omen. That's the worst portmanteau I've ever heard. <laughs> a golden handshake is a stipulation in an employment agreement, which states that the employer will provide a significant severance package if the employee loses their job. It's usually provided to top executives in the event that they lose employment because of retirement, layoffs, or for negligence. Which is, that's how capitalistic, disgusting America is that. I'm going to get in my contract. If I mess up royally, you still have to pay me a massive amount of money when you have to fire me. Talk about failing upward. Now, I've always heard that called a a golden parachute. Oh, I guess, yeah, I guess that, that is a possibility, too. Let's see what Investopedia has to say about golden parachute. I, I, if I never hear the term Investopedia <laughs> as long as I live, I, it'll be too soon. <laughs> oh, gives, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Uh, <laughs> I can confirm it is. it looks like it's the exact same thing. But I, I, I'm also seeing a suggestion, golden parachute versus golden handshake. And this is just on 
the on the Wikipedia for Golden Handshake it says according to Investopedia, a golden Jesus. handshake. <laughs> Look at what that website has to say about golden shower. Oh. Let's let's not invest in that. Can I say so, that, can I say that on a, this podcast? You can. You can and you have. Okay. You cannot take it back. A golden handshake is similar to but more generous than a golden parachute mm. because it not only provides a monetary compensation and or stock options at the termination of employment, but also includes the same severance packages executives would get at retirement. Wow. So it's just, just please let's keep, let's keep giving rich white people more money. It sounds like what dictators have. It's like, oh, you've oppressed all these people for 50 years and now you've been run off because people are literally so upset that they just want to kill you. That's fine. You can go to your chateau in Switzerland and like live out the rest of your days with all your money. Yeah, please. But please do that. You know, Nick, I actually think that with all due respect to Investopedia, I think that my definition actually works better in this context. In in the context of this song. Yes. Yes, I I agree. I agree and I'm I'm going out on a limb here and saying Investopedia was not around in 74 when Ian wrote this. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So, so I think I think that 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 could very well be right. There's a golden handshake hanging round your neck as you light your cigarette on the burning deck. There's a golden handshake hanging around your neck as you light your cigarettes on the burning deck. I love that image. Nick, have you ever had a job that when you think of lighting your cigarette on the burning deck, not that you're a smoker, not that either of us smoke cigarettes because they're quite gross and very bad for you. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a job that, that sort of made you feel like that? Where I'd, I'd love to watch it burn down? Where it's currently burning down around you and all you can do is <laughs> take take your break in the burning down break room <laughs> and just try to remain calm because it's your only job. Well, I mean, that's how I got to where I am right now backup state working construction is is the the previous company that I worked for was firing people left and right and sending all the work to the Philippines. Ah. And I was like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Because I'm a peon and I'm certainly not going to get any severance. No so, golden showers for you, Nick. And and unemployment based on peanuts is a fraction of peanuts, so I can't I can't risk this. And where do you eat peanuts, Nick? At, at the carnival. The oh yes, as I say, at the doctor's office, the peanut doctor. You haven't been to the doctor in a long time, have you? <laughs> at the vet. I went to the vet the last time. <laughs> the elephant was next door. Yep. I had a I had a job at a th- at a theater company once. Was was theater company in quotes there? Um, company might be in quotes. <laughs> also, theater is probably in quotes. <laughs> it's written in crayon. This this place was was like literally every week the boss would call us all. Well, every day the boss would call us all into his office and yell at us for a solid hour 
But you, but usually it was about, well, this theater's about to fold, and if you want to have your jobs, then you better make this happen so that we can try to stay afloat for another week. And that was, is no way to live. It was not. It was. It was in a constant state of crisis. And but it was the only job that I had because I had I had right. inadvisably moved to a, a, a small city in upstate New York. And yeah, it was this weird experience of like I had I had a one friend there who remains my friend to this day and who's an awesome awesome guy, and we would just sort of look at each other and be like, "Here we are, just shrug. This is what we've got." Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And is that theater company still around? I don't know. How long ago was that? That was well. Gosh, that it was, was like five years ago. A while ago, yeah. I haven't personally gone and burned the place to the ground, so... So it could still exist. It might, although I really hope not. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Any Anything else on, on Sea Lion, Omen? Have we covered any, any everything for you? I mean, you know, in this kind of cacophony of early-on images, I, I'm, I'm curious about the... Mating with chance, copulating with mirth. Mating with chance, copulating with mirth. Hmm. Now, because I, I think that, that those two phrases could kind of go in two different directions each. Mm. Either it could be talking about promiscuity and, you know, sex sort of, at, you know, just driven by animalistic instinct regardless of relationship. Or it could be mating with a personified chance. You know, are you in yeah. bed with chance? That That's what I take from it. That's what I think, too. Be- because I think that fits in perfectly. Well, well, to, to go back to your first one, it, it's entirely possible because, again, we see a lot of the, the, the animal and animals standing in for humans. Right. In, in Passion Play and Chateau and this. Right. So that could very well be the case. It's like a much more enjoyable version of Animal Farm. Yes, mating with chance. Yeah, it, but that being said, I do like the secondary that it's you are in bed with chance because everything in this song is about chaos, is about not being able to rely on anything but you there with your ball. And if yeah. something works out great, awesome. Right. But just as likely that backdoor angel is going to put the penny in the other beggar's bowl and you're not going to have anything and either way you're going to get up and balance your ball tomorrow (laughs) right regardless this is all you know how to do yeah you know nick there's just one other thing that i want to point out here what's that a carnival is not believe it or not the natural environment for a sea lion (laughs) it's not so you know i think that there that is the sort of Therein lies the capitalist environmental critique of this song, which is that as human beings, we are really not meant to be going and working 40 to 60 hour work weeks Mm -hmm. just to pay off the debt that we accrued by doing the things that we that made us able to get those jobs in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. We're not meant that that we were supposed to, quote unquote, supposed to do because that's what you do. Because that's what society demands. Yeah. 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 And and a sea lion is not meant it is not their natural inclination to balance a ball on their nose. No. And certainly not to smoke cigarettes. Correct. Yeah. 
Well, I think we uh, we we nailed the eco- ecology of sea lions on this. Yeah. If nothing else, they are meant to swim in the ocean and eat fish. Mm-hmm. Penguins they eat penguins too, don't they? Is a penguin a fish, Nick? Or is that an orca? I think orcas eat, eat penguins. Because orcas can't stand any other things that look black and white, so they'd <laughs> eat a zebra if they could. <laughs> they'd eat a zebra cake if their dentists would let them. Oh yeah, but their 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 parents are dentists, so their it's, parents are dentists. They're, pretty, they they're strict about only it. Only penguins. <laughs> Sometimes they leave the penguin in the fridge for a little while, let the sugars develop. <laughs> but then it has to be room temp to consume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the most flavor out of that. That's, that's right. There, but that being said, uh, where where most penguins live, a fridge is room temp because it's so cold. It's warmer in the refrigerator. <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> What do we have the pleasure of listening to when we flip over the virtual vinyl of War Child and listen to side B? We flip that vinyl and we are on to a pretty heavy commentary song coming up. B1, track one on side B is Skating Away on the Thin Ice of the New Day. (gasps) Oh my goodness, I love that song, Nick. So good. So So good. good. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until next week, you can give us the golden handshake of a positive review or a five-star rating, which will then obligate us to keep balancing the ball of this podcast on our wet little noses for the next five years. That's that's not far off from the truth, that's, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we we will do the one thing that we have been trained to do, and that's talk tall to you. <laughs> it's unnatural. It's not <laughs> what we would be doing in the wild. It's an affront to nature. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> my 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 sound booth is burning down around me. In in defiance to millions of years of evolution, we will continue <laughs> to talk tall to you. It's just just pure dedication right there. Yeah. Well, until then, I am the being known in this life as Omen Said. And I'm just Nick McGill. We are Feckless Momes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. And now, ladies and gentlemen, after having balanced a ball on his nose, I have taught this sea lion to speak. Speak. Speak for this sardine. Speak for this sardine.